Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and full plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. What's going on, folks? Thanks for hitting that download button and checking out a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one-stop shop for toys, tech, and talk with some assembly required. I'm your host, Rich Butler, and if this is your first time listening to an episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, first off, thanks for checking us out. Secondly, a little background. Toys and Tech of the Trade is an interview series where we sit down with creators and entrepreneurs and showcase the tech that they utilize to create their content and run their business. Now, when it comes to toys, we like to say toys in quotes around here just because it's something that allows these creators to just feel happy and bring a smile to their face, whether it's collecting action figures, Funko Pops, musical instruments, cars, guns, knives. Everyone's definition of toys is different, so we like to make it a little bit more than just the stuff you pick up at your local toy store. All right. Let's get into some housekeeping for this episode. First off, I'd like to thank everyone that downloaded uh, last week's episode. I know it was a little bit of a departure from our usual uh, bi-weekly release schedule, but our guest John Covey had an amazing Kickstarter that was launching at the same time. And as I said in that episode, we wanted to give him a signal boost and help him out by getting the word out, not only about his work, but also about the Kickstarter campaign that was launching last Tuesday. This week, though, we're kicking things off with our usual schedule, so the next episode won't be available for two weeks. And my guest is a fellow podcaster and someone whose work I am genuinely a fan of. I feel that uh, this individual has was put on my radar by Mike Kingston from Headlocked, the, the Headlocked Wrestling Comic, which if you're a wrestling fan and a comic book fan like me, I recommend you check out. And um, his name is Peter Melnick, and he hosts the Marvelists podcast, which is a podcast that focuses on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but also delves into the the comic book side of things as well. Uh, Peter and his co-host Eddie Wilson uh, just came out of the gate running uh, with this podcast, uh, just watching each of the Marvel films from the MCU and just breaking them down in a nice, easily fluff free way um their interview with mark ruffalo is definitely tops uh these guys not only are they seasoned radio and podcast veterans but they really just enjoy what they're doing and you can hear it in every episode uh peter and i sat down and not only discussed the origins of the marvelists the gear that is used for the podcast we also talked about the ruffalo interview but um peter's also a wrestling fan so we went a little bit off script, so to speak, and talked a little wrestling. Plus, of course, we're going to talk toys 
for sure. Um, I really hope you guys enjoy this interview. Peter is an incredibly talented, talented podcaster. But in addition to that, he is also a graphic designer and just super talented all around. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade with Peter Melnick from The Marvelous. Let's get to it. My guest for this week's episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade is Peter Melnick, host of The Marvelous podcast, which covers not only the MCU, but also the Marvel Universe as a whole. Um, I learned about Peter after an introduction through a contest that I actually ran by, by a good friend of mine, Mike Kingston, who does the Headlock Comics. Uh, then I found out Peter and I shared many similar interests, checked out The Marvelous, really liked what he did, reached out and wanted to get the ball rolling and share the toys and tech of his trade. I want to thank Peter for taking the time out of his busy schedule to sit down and chop it up with us. Peter, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, nice and cold in the area. We're actually getting ready for a snowstorm where I am and not looking forward to that. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely been a, a weird a weird weather pattern and, you know, here in New York City. It's like, oh, yeah, spring. Yeah, it's right around the corner. And then it's like, oh, here, here's some snow for your troubles right on the way out. Not just snow, but like gigantic mountains of snow. Yep, and it's and it's and it's wet snow too. So we got a shovel in. It's just painstaking and backbreaking. This is it's by me. It's like accumulating, and I'm not a fan. And I mean, I, I know this is the riveting, you know, uh, this is the riveting talk of weather <laughs> that you know most people love with all podcasts. Of course. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Of, of course, but um, you know the the marvelous podcast. You started it um in 2018. And you went through each of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's films, as well as some other Marvel films. You've had some great notable guests, Mark Ruffalo, Roger Corman, uh, Chip Zdarsky, uh, Jim Starlin, just to name a few. And, you know, you and your co-host, Eddie Wilson, you guys have tremendous chemistry. And it's just a really, really well executed and just very very clean cut product man i i definitely got to commend you i've been in the game for a long time doing this and for for somebody to come in with you know within a year and just be so smooth and effortless man with the stuff you you guys you guys are killing it my thing with uh, audio production when you have ocd believe me you want to have the perfect product and when you know like myself i'm looking at what i do i i can be a podcast snob unfortunately and i hate saying that because one it sounds really pretentious and two it's just you know really buddy you're gonna say that but i i like clean quality of a show and it's it's like a make or break like it can be as engaging as humanly possible it can be like it can be kevin smith you know doing his own thing with uh scott Mosier or uh mark bedart however his name is pronounced i always mess that name up <laughs> but um it could be that but he's recording it, you know, with a cell phone or he's recording it with, you know, uh, what's that one site that used to be uh, blog talk radio. Like if it's that, no, no, it's no good, <laughs> but you got to, you know, put the effort in, you got to do your own thing. And the other thing about it is the aspect of, yeah, chemistry. You want to, you know, you want to do something with your friend. And I've known Eddie for like a number of years. I actually met Eddie in 2013 when I was, the producer of a, a other podcast. It was at a local radio station. You know, I went to school with this kid and I met Eddie there and I actually saw him. He was wearing a comic book t-shirt, wearing a DC shirt, the distinguished competition, you know, no less. <laughs> of course. And it was, it was kind of funny. Cause you know, I just walk up to him. I go, Hey man, you know, you like comics? He goes, 
Yes, yes, I do. And then it was like a 45-minute conversation, whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm probably not going to see this guy, you know, because his shift is going to be different, whatever. And then I just kept running into him every time I'm there. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? We talk. And when that show that I had worked on as producer went the way of the dodo, I ended up going on to do my own thing. And it was called Audibly Exquisite. And Audibly Exquisite is or was a show that, you know, covered all facets of geek culture, movies, television, comic books, etc. You name it, we're going to cover it or did cover it. And we would, you know, do a lot of things like that, talk about that stuff. And one day I was like, you know, I want to bring Eddie back on the show because or bring him onto the show because I've never, you know, done something with him. Let's have him on as like a guest co-host when, you know, my partner Mike couldn't do it. So Eddie came on. I recorded. We actually, I actually recorded at his place, as we lovingly call it, Marvel Manor, because it is mind boggling how much Marvel stuff this man has. Wow. And it's just it's so cool. It's. It's a shrine to the work of everything in pop culture that Mighty Marvel has produced. And, you know, I'm going in there, we're recording, whatever. And I'm like, man, you know, you'd be really fun to do a show with, like just like a regular show. And then at one point I was trying to be bootleg Mark Marin, and I ended up <laughs> doing a show called Move. And I think it's still on iTunes. It's like three episodes. And again, didn't fly, but I had him on there. And I'm actually planning on, you know unearthing this episode because it's really something great it's eddie talking about his passion with radio and just his love of comics in general it was supposed to be you know talking about you know his career in radio and then i got him talking about marvel and i'm you know after the interview i'm like we really have to do something this is 24 no 2016 i want to say i said dude we have to do something and you know again nothing happened for like two years during that time i also did a show called inside the bat cave and it was, you know, covering Batman, the animated series. And I, I swear to you, there's a point to this part of the story. Um, <laughs> he ended up, you know, we, I did a show with my friend Jared. And again, when you do something, you do it big. First episode of Inside the Batcave had Neil Adams talking about Man Bat, the villain of that episode. So I'm like, if I'm going to do something, I have to go all out with this. Right. And I also, you know, again, I did an episode with Eddie. And Eddie guested, you know, was the guest host for that one. And it was actually Eddie's first time ever watching Batman, the animated series, because, you know, he never really watched the animated stuff from the 90s. He was more like a 70s, 80s guy. Right. And, we're, you know, he's watching the show. He's digging it. And again, I say to him afterwards, we really, really <laughs> have to do a Marvel show. And so fast forward to, I believe, January of 2018. I say to him, Eddie, we really have to do this. I have the equipment to do this. Let's do it. He's like, eh, you know what? Why not? I go, we can do it as Road to Infinity War. And we'll, like, you know, do each week, does the movie still hold up? Which I, I think is kind of a ludic ludicrous concept, because <laughs> does this movie from 10 years ago hold up? Does this movie from five years ago hold up? <laughs> does this movie from a year and three months hold up? I, I, I kind of imagine it does. I like that. But, I like that it evolved. I like that as you did each film, the, the conversations evolved, the approach for the podcast evolved, and it just grew into something far more than what the, the person hitting play would anticipate. Yeah, and it's my my belief with the show is, you know, it's you see the progression. We got more and more comfortable. Like it's to me, if you're a pro wrestling fan, it pretty much became Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Yeah, it's 100 percent. Like if you listen to like the newer episodes, it's literally me quoting from The Simpsons. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> because it's just, you know, like inside jokes, repetition, but, you know, not in a way that, you know, hits over your audience's head. 100%. And. It, you got to have fun with this, too, you know, and I'm lucky. I do a show with a guy who 
is really funny. He's got like a he's got a very uh, how do how do you say low key sense of humor. Yep. He's the perfect very dry to my yeah, and it helps. And when we were working on the show, you know, in the beginning of it, we're like, yeah, we'll do Road to Infinity War. And then I'm thinking to myself, wow, after Infinity War, we're going to have a couple months of no episodes. And I've seen a lot of shows out there. And again, I'm not trying yep. to you know bash the you know fellow people in the you know marvel movie community who do podcasts but you kill your audience by not doing something for so many months 100 percent consistency is key yeah and like that was the one thing i also learned from audibly exquisite there were weeks to even you know months where we didn't record an episode and we lost audience for that Mm -hmm. and you can't do that you want to you want to deliver a product that the audience enjoys and we're lucky we've gotten those fans that stay on for every episode and they enjoy it you know and it's cool because i've befriended some of these people that are fans of the show you know back when i was starting audible exquisite i befriended a person by the name of joe uh joden cesaro good kid really you know great person then i befriended jeremy bagley for the marvelists and you know jeremy gets mentioned more than you know some of the people who work on the movies it's kind of funny after a while but we want to build that level of they're our audience. They're the people we love. We love talking to them, doing our own thing, etc. You know? Yep. And with this show, like I said, we were thinking to ourselves, oh boy, we have like three months of no episodes. Hey, Eddie, you want to watch the Spider-Man movies? <laughs> so we're like, yeah, why not? So we did those. Then we, I did, we did, uh, I believe, a couple of the X-Men movies, like phase one, I call it. You know, yep. the first three. Did the Punisher, Fantastic Four. We did an yeah we did an interview with Chip Zdarsky who was a guy who from my uh, days on Audible Exquisite I was doing my damnedest to get an interview with that guy <laughs> I wanted to interview Chip Zdarsky more than I wanted food and shelter because just because of you know he's that funny of a person to have and he's also that engaging of a person and yeah you know I sent him a message one day on Facebook and I said hey Chip you want to do my podcast <laughs> and he goes yeah you know what why not and yeah like we did the episode turned out really really well and again you know chip's gonna do the show in the very near future we just got to figure out a time and place when but you know that one turned out really well and then ruffalo uh came along uh you want to hear that story absolutely the 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 ruffalo story and it was crazy because when you guys recorded it um i was i was really starting to follow i i I think about that by that point we had connected personally on facebook and When it broke, I was like, holy crap, this is, you know, you know, when, when you've been podcasting for so long, you always say to yourself, is this the guest that puts us over? Is this the guest that, you know, that takes us to the next level? Is this the interview that, that gets us that mainstream appeal? Whatever it is, you know, we all, we all aspire to that at some point, whether it's, you know, we share it with our audiences or subconsciously, but, but it's there. And when you guys had that, scored that i said to myself yep this is this is it this is the this is the pendulum swing that's going to take this this podcast to another level and the fact that ruffalo was so comfortable with you guys and you made him feel you know it wasn't a um it wasn't an ass kissing interview you know it was it was clear concise he felt comfortable which is the best and you almost wanted the conversation to not end because of how smooth it was yeah um basically what ended up happening was I ended up running into Mark at a coffee shop by my job. My, uh, my, in, if we'll go the pro wrestling term, my shoot job is a uh, graphic designer. Nice. And, you know, that, that's why also one little side thing, when you have a podcast, 
look into getting a graphic designer to do your album artwork on there because that's my little tip as well for the audience because that can make or break too. Hundred percent. Like you look at something, you're just like, oh, that's what they chose. That, that that's just that's clip art. Ugh. But you know, you then you see like nicely designed logo and. That's what I wanted to do. I was like, you know what? Let's do the homage because we're doing the uh, MCU movies. Let's do you know a parody logo in that style. And parody is one of my personal favorite things. I love doing. You know, I've done you know T-shirt designs for pro wrestlers. And if you look, you know, uh, WWE road agent Adam Pierce. I designed a shirt for him in the style of the uh, Iron Man Demon in a Bottle cover. Oh Not man, the one where he's like drinking, you know, drinking, but it's. Adam Pierce just standing there, you know, getting his gear on, you know, lacing his boots, putting on his wrist tape, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then I have one for uh, that I did for friend of uh, the Marvelist, Glenn Gilberti, aka the Disco Inferno. Nice one, you know, of him in the parody of the legendary Saturday Night Fever cover. And I'm, I was surprised that was never done as a T-shirt Seriously? or anything for him. That's easy. And, that's that, that's that, that's a that's a shoe in right there. Hell yeah. And so anyway, so like I said, I'm I'm a graphic designer. I work at a newspaper. I do design work there, layout work, etc. And I'm on my break, my lunch break, and I go to this coffee shop by my job. And I'm like, oh, cool. Let me go get my coffee, etc., etc. Because that's riveting. And so I, you know, <laughs> I end up going over, go to the uh, front, and I look to my right, and I see Mark Ruffalo and the barista friend of mine. He's like, oh, this will be fun to watch because he knows me as a Marvel fanboy, oh, you know, boy. whatever. And he's just laughing to himself. He's like, oh, this will be fun. The uh, owner also, she knows me as that. And she's just like, oh, let's watch this. And I go, hey, man, I, I just got to say, big fan of your work. <laughs> and he's like, oh, thank you, man. I go, by the way, um, you follow my old podcast on Twitter. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'll play Squeeze. I remember that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. So I do a Marvel podcast now. And I kind of see him partially deflate, like, Oh, no. Oh, oh man. No, he knew no. the pitch was coming. <laughs> yes, he did. So I go, I had a question for you. Would you be interested in doing an intro for my podcast? He goes, yeah, sure, man. So I go, right on, right on. You know, I can pay for your food if you want. He's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, really, I, I don't mind. And then he goes and says, all right, um, I'm going to pay for this real quick. Oh, uh, my wallet's in the car. Back of my mind, I'm like, oh, crap, he's going to run. Yep. <laughs> so absolutely like, i'm thinking that to myself i'm like he would still run away so mark i will pay for your food he's like you know i'm doing an intro for you sure so i sit down with him and you know he does the intro very cool very laid back and right before i actually have to throw this out there the most th because it's me this really happened i go hey man i love your work and i just got to tell you i love your work as and then i do a little flex like a little hulk hogan flex and i go rawr <laughs> No. meaning the hulk and he looks at me and he's like oh hulk so there's that little that again, awkwardness <laughs> i i was really proud of that moment partially and you know like i said we sit down and he records the intro and then we're just you know bsing for a little bit and i say hey man uh if you want to do my podcast he's like yeah let's do it right now and i'm like oh my i can't because i'm on a lunch break oh yeah you gotta you know you gotta make that bread blah, blah, blah. and then i'm like I'd say this to him. I go, "Hey, man, um, let me give you my number. Let's exchange numbers." Oh, and he goes, "Yeah, here, here's an email you can get a hold of." So I got, you know, got an email, and we ended up setting things up. And then the very first time this interview was supposed to happen, it didn't. It ended up getting canceled and changed to a phoner. Which, 
Phoners are fine, and I realize I'm partially doing one right now, but phoners are, when it's phone phone, you have the sound quality, you have this, you have that, it can be make or break. Yep. Luckily, you know, we did the Roger Corman interview, and that was a phoner, and it turned out so well. It I was did really, indeed. really proud of that. Crispy. And, yeah, and we actually did that in the radio station that Eddie works at, because so, I was like, let, let's do phoner for that there. Because, you know, like, the sound quality is really good, really crisp in that, and, yeah. So we did our thing, you know, we were supposed to do the interview, and I was bummed out. I'm like, man, you know, this is this sucks. I wanted to interview him. And then I run into him at the same coffee shop one more time. <laughs> and by the way, this is not the second time I've met Mark. This is the third time. Because the first time I met him was at a Blondie concert, of all things, over at the local you know, concert venue by us. And I'm like, okay, cool. Hey, man. And I, I did a little ninja thing. I walk up to him. I slide over, pull my phone out, put like front flip camera. I'm like... Hey, man, can I get a picture with you, please? And he's like, no, I'm Mark, by the way, and puts his hand out and shakes my hand. And back in my head, I'm just like, I, I, I know. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't walk up to strangers, Mark. But I'm like, oh, right on. And I had that hook dust on me for like about 20 minutes after. Not 20, like about two hours later. I'm still like beaming that I met the Hulk. And, you know, whatever. And I've had experiences with celebrities that I've met. And it's a very, you know, whatever. But Mark was so gracious, so cool, whatever. So second time I see him, I, you know, talk to him for a little bit. He actually sees me. He goes, hey, man, sorry, I couldn't do the interview, blah, blah, blah. And we talked and we figured something. I was like, actually, yeah, we could do this interview. So we ended up at a, because I don't want to say where it was, but we recorded at an undisclosed location. There you go. And we got to do the interview. And it was cool because like right beforehand, during that second or third time meeting him, I'm talking to him, and I say, by the way, man, my mom is actually really jealous that I got to meet you. And he goes, oh, I'll bring her along, too. Oh, man. So I'm like, okay. So, I, you know, where we met him, I was sitting out in the front with my mom, and I'm saying to her, you know, yeah, you're going to be meeting him in a few. Don't worry. And she goes, okay, cool. And then we see him walk out of his car, walk towards us. He doesn't have people taking him. Just like, again, this is the kind of person Mark is. just very laid back. He's doing it himself, whatever walking down and i just hear this very slowly and very softly i think i'm gonna faint oh no <laughs> and i'm like you're gonna be fine you're gonna be fine you've given birth to me you're gonna be fine there you go <laughs> so i get up she gets up and he goes you must be mom you raise a very beautiful boy hugs her gives her a kiss on the cheek she kisses him on the cheek and then they're talking for a little bit and she goes i love you and brothers bloom she he goes wow, no one ever talks about that. And I'm like, she's like, yeah, you know, I loved you in that. And of course I loved you as the Hulk. And I loved you in Avengers when you punched Thor. And he goes, you mean like this? And he literally pantomimed punching the Hulk for us, or punching <laughs> Thor for us. And I'm like, this is so damn wholesome. I love this guy. And then he goes, I have to go but, uh, do this interview. You got to head out. I'm Mark, by the way. And he shakes my mom's hand. And again, I'm like, we've established this part. <laughs> But again, this is the kind of guy he is, very humble, down to earth, and just, again, class act all the way. And so we do our thing, we do the interview, and it goes off, you know, like fireworks. It's just perfect. Yep. And there's at one point, we had somebody do photography work for us, Patricio Rubio, and, you know, we're sitting there doing the interview. And at one point, Patricio just goes, holy shit, dude, you look like you just took an edible because you had, like, the biggest smile on your face go wide-eyed. I'm like, 
yeah, because I realized I'm living in this moment, interviewing an Academy Award nominated actor, yep, a Hollywood A-lister. I'm like, holy shit, look where I am right now. It's a am- it's amazing where where this where podcasting is it has taken us, and you know, it, it's funny because I always look back on it, and you know, when when I was doing my original podcast, I was like, man, you know. I don't know how I'm going to do this for so long. And I, and I remember I used to just do it recording into a, you know, a Logitech headset into audacity and putting it out into the ether. And I'm talking about three hour clips talking about wrestling and video games and movies. And this was back in, in 06. And then in 09, you know, it's funny you mentioned blog talk radio. Cause I used them to do a call in version of my show. Right. And, um, it was just a shot in the arm. And then we did that and it, it expanded so much and but but along the way you look back and you're just like wow that was pretty cool i did that and that was pretty cool i got to go to this and sometimes the the equity that people are looking for or or the 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 payoff sometimes it's just the experiences man like you can you can wake up tomorrow and be like you know i got my regular job but guess what like i got to sit down with with mark ruffalo and chop it up with him and he got to meet my mom you know what i mean like there's so many other intangible things that people people lose sight of when they do this you know and i appreciate the fact that you you respect that you know like you're 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 still in love with the process yeah oh yeah and like i'm a fan of the art form of podcasting because it is an art form just like comic books are an art form just like wrestling is an art form yep just like video games especially those are an art form and you just gotta enjoy it for what it is and like I've had conversations with people over the years about, like, you know, when I was doing Audible Exquisite, when I'm doing The Marvelists. I was told by somebody, and it always stuck with me, and I'm with, like, the Stevie Richards, I'll show you, you'll see, but anyway, um, (laughs) you know, the whole logic of, yeah, oh, yeah, well, guess what, buddy, I'll prove you wrong. Yep. And one of the comments made at me was by this guy who himself is very negative, made the comment of, you know, you'd be a lot more successful if you bitched about things and hated things more on your show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I actually like talking about what I enjoy. Yeah, I, I could be the prototypical fanboy of, oh, these damn SJWs, which, first off, by the way, why are they talking about single Jewish women? I don't <laughs> get it. But, and once again, shout out to Paul Copperberg for that joke, co-writing credit. But, um, yeah, just like the idea, you know, be negative i'm like no i want to talk about what i like yep. you know and you can and, be negative and still be and this is what people don't understand you can still be negative and be positive yeah you know and that's where people lose sight of that and i'm glad i'm glad you brought that up and i'm glad you actually brought up your um your sjw quote you know because i've seen i've seen a lot of your 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 social sharing of commentary regarding you know captain marvel which of course i'm sure will come up at some point as a as a as a film that you'll be discussing on the show oh, and boy. and um you know it, it it pains me because as comic book fans and and i tell people this all the time you know i'm like i'm 38 years old when i was into comic books as a kid like being a nerd wasn't cool you know what i mean like like i love that people are like it's like listen man you know if you were into anime or stuff like that like like listen you you would be in your own niche like some people just didn't like that or they they, they they didn't want to talk about it or they or it was quote unquote kid stuff you know what i mean and then now all of a sudden it's like you could buy a marvel t-shirt and jc penny for ten dollars and automatically you're a fan you know it's 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 insane to me how people can get so so angry about something that at the end of the day is supposed to spark joy i've noticed and it's a lot of time it's a lot of the fans that you know they were picked on for it 
and they're getting mad now seeing a lot of people coming in to the quote-unquote, you know, this club. And I'm like, I like the fact that there's more people to talk about this stuff with me. Because as you can tell with this show so far, I really like talking. So, you know, just the idea of, wow, I can talk to somebody else yep. about my love of, like, Moon Knight. Yeah, 100%. No shit, really? Oh, your Moon Knight memes are are are, are clutch. I gotta I gotta tell the the listeners. Um, Peter sh- shares some some Moon Knight memes, usually with him chasing chasing Dracula for money. And uh, you know, uh, as somebody who's been reading comic books a long time, it's like Moon Knight's one of those guys. I, I you know he's it, it, it like he pops up in a lot of books I've I've collected over the years, and it's like ah right, you know Moon Knight's cool, his story's cool, but it's not like I wasn't out there reading this stuff. But it's just funny to see it presented in that way <laughs> like i'm like i'm like oh you know dracula owes me money and i'm like what what the hell is this it, it's such a bizarre concept but like the cats at moon knight core they like and there are so many core pages like it's i guess it delves from hardcore so it's like they have moon knight core they have spider-man core wolverine core ghost rider core and my personal favorite you know next to moon uh moon knight core j jonah jameson core which oh, is just j jonah memes and yeah, there's like the but like I said, you know, the idea of these characters, like I get to talk to somebody about my love of Moon Knight. Yep. Are you serious? Like or because like again, you know, I'm a big wrestling geek. And being able to talk about, you know, my love of old school ECW, Ring of Honor, C Z W, etc. It's cool. It's cool to be able to say, Hey man, you know, I love you know, like I love Joey Janela promos. Joey Jan- by the way, Joey Janela is the future of pro wrestling. And you know, there's just the idea of being able to talk about this stuff and have a good time. And you mentioned the whole, you know, aspect that we were made fun of for this stuff, yep. you know, growing up. And I always, and it, like, I will eternally go with this. My friend BJ Booth, he mentioned this, and I quote him all the time. The stuff we got beat up for as kids is now popular. Yep. It's what rules the world. And he's one of those. He's not bitter about it. He loves it. He loves the fact that we can talk about this stuff. And I'm in the same boat. And I love it. And I mean, I did a comic podcast and it's true. I, I, you know, myself and my co-host, we'd go down the rabbit hole sometimes of stuff that we didn't like. But at the end of the day, guess what? Even even when you're passionate about your dislikes about something and you're still putting money into it, that means you still like it. You know what I mean? And I think that's what what pains me with both comic book fandom and wrestling because wrestling is the same way if you go on twitter on monday night right after raw is over you know how how twitter looks you know it's like oh why'd you do this why'd you do that and it's like uh guys vince mcmahon won because you watched three hours of his program yeah doesn't matter whether you loved it or you hated it he got you he got you from the gate (laughs) i've always found it funny the people that go on also about the aspect of this guy uh, is getting buried because he's, you know, not winning every single match. You don't, you don't have to be Goldberg to, you know, go on a win streak. But nope. I, I, I get that. But and I'm a big Kevin Owens fan. Kevin Owens is my guy. KO is and, the truth. You know, he's he's the best. And like I've followed him since his time at Ring of Honor. You know, oh, like yeah. that was where I became a Mr. Fan. Wrestling. My first ever uh, Ring of Honor show, by the way, was brian danielson's final ring of honor shows so i i jumped on at a great time hell yeah and american so dragon through, like i missed all of that cool stuff but like i got to watch the rise of kevin and you know to see him when he was staying you know it's funny i'm going to that show i'm like wow this is a great time and didn't realize i you know befriend some of the people on that card like you know for example one of my favorite people shane hagedorn you know who does the uh, honorable mention podcast which you know i got to give a cheap plug ski for him and you know again 
a lot of these people, like, I didn't expect to, you know, befriend them. I didn't expect to design a T-shirt for Kevin Owens back in the day. There you go. But I did. And, you know, that's like, that's my little humble brag. I'm kind of proud about that. And, I'm telling you, that's his, 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 uh, his feud with, with, with um, Sami Zayn at that time, El Generico, was probably, and I tell people this all the time, if you want to see stellar writing carried over an entire year, you watch that year, feud. Man. Yeah, more, more. Well, you know, just using the, the a, a twelve month angle, like, like, listen, you watch that unfold over the course of a year, and you're like, why can't nobody else do this? And mind you, it's not like Ring of Honor was known for these riveting stories. Like Ring of Honor, you know, they they relied on the honor system, very basic uh, storytelling. But you know what? Basic worked. My favorite moment that I've ever seen at a wrestling show was. Kevin returning, getting quote unquote rehired or whatever. Right before he gets rehired, he jumps the guardrail at the Hammerstein Ballroom, and him going in the middle of the ring and just going "f Ring of Honor," and then getting pulled out of the building, thrown out. And if I remember correctly, this was actually the same night as a Demi Lovato concert at the. No, there was Demi Lovato at the Hammerstein Ring of Honor in the Manhattan Center Grand Ballroom, and watching the Demi Lovato fans, you know, seeing a man get. <laughs> thrown out of a building (laughs) and i'm thinking to myself they're probably thinking wow he really loves demi but you know just the idea of all that it's it's yeah the magic of wrestling just the whole you know all the stuff you can do to tell a story over a long period of time and that's again you know tying over to comics you have these major events that can go for a long long time story threads that go over years i'm currently reading and I, I know it's a scandalous thing, but I'm reading The Distinguished Competition's Batman by Tom King. And What'd you think of it? I'm loving it so far. I'm, I just uh, I just finished The Button, I want to say, and War of the Jokes and Riddles. And just stellar stuff. And I'm seeing stuff from, like, you know, issue three getting referenced. I'm like, oh, I remember that. Or stuff from, you know, like the, uh, monster, the Rise of the Monster Men or whatever that was. And just seeing that, I'm like, wow. Tom is doing a phenomenal job, and and I'm saying this not just because I've always wanted Tom as a guest for a show, but I realize I will never get Tom as a guest because he said, yeah, I, I only do two podcasts. I'm like, I don't care then. I'm still going to enjoy your work, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm saying this because I know I'll never interview him then. But the idea of, yeah, he's a stellar talent who writes these stories that they're so deep and intrinsic. And, again, the idea of making a long story arc and making it so engaging, and you're like, oh, I remember that from that moment. That's going to probably play a moment into this one. Like the whole concept of Kite Man, hell yeah! What that ori- uh, you know or uh, originated from is cool. And I, you, you just had this whole story. No, I think I think when when you look at when you look at comics and and the way that they're being presented and the and the amount of different voices that are out there, I always tell people, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I want to be the next Joe Rogan, and it's like don't be the next Joe Rogan, be the next you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I always tell people, guys like Kevin Smith is a great example. You know, Kevin Smith wakes up, says, I'm going to do a podcast. It gets 1.2 million downloads. I'm just throwing out a number. And everybody's like, oh my God. But it's like, Kevin Smith is an actor. Oh, you know, he's in the media. He knows the business. He knows the interviews to get like, there's an asterisk next to that. You know, like, it's not like he woke up. He was, working as a as a as a bus boy in a restaurant you know and 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 juggled two two different jobs and did all this and did it in his spare time he's a dude that said hey i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna do a podcast and you know i'm gonna talk to my famous friends to do it and that's 
that's the thing that people fail to understand, especially with a lot of the more mainstream comic book conversations that are happening out there on on the web. You know, like like you look at comic book, you know, comicbook.com and and outlets like that. It's like, yeah, you know, they're gonna try and get the the, the you know the Chadwick Bosemans. They're gonna get all those people because that's that's it. You know, like you have to just focus on telling the best stories and being the best entertainer as possible. And that's one thing that you you and Eddie do so well. You, you have the chemistry and you're entertaining. And best of all is the fact that you're sharing a lot of stuff, like, like you were saying before, sometimes that Eddie hasn't even seen. So you get to see that first that first reaction and you get to share that with an audience that may have found a different appreciation just because Eddie was so into it because he'd never seen it. Yeah. It's infectious. And an example, you know, Eddie, just for, like the date is uh, March, I believe, 2nd. Eddie finally watched the very first, I think, two or three episodes of Daredevil on Netflix in 2019. He has not seen that until <laughs> now. And there's a reason he's been watching them. I'm not going to say spoilers, but stay tuned for the Marvelous. So, but the thing about that is, you know, he's watching that for the first time and he's enjoying it. And I, I might have made a comment of, well, you're never going to look at uh, hallways the same way again. And he goes, <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? I'm like, I'm not saying it. Uh-huh. I'm not saying. <laughs> but. Just the idea of, yeah, you know, the that's that's the thing about the Marvelists I also like is Eddie's a fan of more than 30 years. He like this has been, you know, a major part of his life and he's always known Marvel. Yep. Same with me. And we have that general generational aspect. I'm 30 years old and, you know, he's got a lot more knowledge of Marvel. He knows more characters than I will ever, you know, I, I, I will forget. Yeah, he knows more, you know, whatever, whatever the expression is. I botched that. Yeah. Anyway, but, you know, he we have that dynamic where that's helpful. You know, the generational thing is cool. It's a cool idea of like we had a conversation during, you know, talking about Spider-Man. Eddie did say he's like, I I understand the appeal of Miles, but Peter Parker will always be my Spider-Man. I'm like, yeah, but I'm of the generation where I saw the birth of Miles. I saw this. I saw that. And, you know, you can have those differences and still have like an engaging show, you know? Well, here's here's, you know, and, I, and I'm going to put but you put this in in a way to bring things full circle, you know, using using the the that story, the Miles Morales story and even the, the rise of Spider-Verse as as somebody who's now part of the media, but also consuming it. Do you how do you feel about. And, and, you know, this, this, uh, I'm sure people are going to get their minds blown when we go down this path, but how do you feel about representation when it comes to comic books? And I, I asked this, I think, and I asked this because what happens is there's two schools of thought. There's people that want representation in everything and are willing to sacrifice the core tenets of a character, meaning, um, hey, I want Iron Fist to be played by someone of Asian descent. Okay. That's great, you know, because I want representation. But in the same instance, it's like the whole conflict with Iron Fist that he is rich white kid, you know, like, yeah, like that's and, and I wanted to put it in that context because I wanted to see where you stood as, like I said, a, a, a media personality, but also someone who who's consuming the media actively. I think it's cool to see representation and it's the idea that, you know, there's something for everyone. And then, you know, like I, I think the idea of reinventing characters it can be a slippery slope, mm-hmm. you know, Agreed. like for example, Iceman, Iceman was never a gay character, but yep. now he is. Yep. That and, was, that was, that was a mind, that was a mind warp and a half. Cause it was like, 
okay, we're going to go down this path. And I just feel that, and, and this is kind of where you were saying the complaining aspect, not complaining, but just like I said to myself, why not just create a new character? I've heard that. And I was actually going to bring that up. I'm like, I've heard the whole, why not just create a new character? The problem is this people attaching themselves to these new characters and there's a very high chance of the person being like, Oh, I've never heard of that character. I'm not going to give that a chance. Yeah, but they made this character for you. They, you know, mm-hmm. No, yep. I, don't, I don't, I'm not interested. I prefer this character like Kamala Khan. Like, like right. that's a great example. She came burst on the scene. People are like, what is this? Miss Marvel. She's going to be Muslim. I, uh, I remember just, just the, the, the bash, the bash fest. And I'm like, just, just let it, let it play out. And, and, what it worked happening kamala you know she became one of the biggest characters in the marvel universe yep and you know not just because her fist is gigantic but you know the the element of all these characters and yeah it's i think it, i think it's cool to see representation and like i got to watch on facebook the other day and like i guess it was comicbook.com which people you know there's two rules to the internet never read the comments on youtube and never Hell read no. the comments on facebook nope Nope and yes, nope. I agree. It's it's terrible. Brain cells. And and it's and it's and it's very as a content creator and and I wanted to talk about this too. You know, when you when you're creating content now, how do you how do you deal with any negativity towards your product? We're lucky, knock on wood, but that really hasn't happened that much. We've we've gotten like there was a I, I've shared posts of ours on Reddit, which. Again, oh, another you know, fun place. place. Yeah. <laughs> and the comment made was, you know, the comment was about one of our episodes. We rambled too much. And he goes, you know, screw these guys. And I'm like, wow, thanks, pal. You know, but I was and I was like so very close to commenting back with. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. I, I was like, I restrained myself and I might have minorly uh, anonymously reported his comment for bashing it trolling another user and that got deleted hooray because <laughs> i am a petty bitch well but, played um, sir well played <laughs> but um yeah so the idea of criticism and stuff like that i'm still a very sensitive boy <laughs> and it it can be rough it can you know like seeing like a negative comment i've gotten comments made about my old show and they hurt but then you got to be like you know what at the end of the day who cares you got to, you know, suck it up, buttercup, and just go forward. That's it. Yeah, keep moving forward. <laughs> but but um, that was my Stallone impression. That was, that, was well, that was well played, sir. Well played. Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah. I, I think the idea of, you know, criticism, yeah, it sucks, but you got you to gotta take it. I mean, I as a graphic designer, believe me, I've gotten my portfolio ripped to shreds. Ironically, um, mine was ripped to shreds by Neil Adams. Cause oh, I, no. Know, I had him go through it, and I didn't realize I've never done a portfolio review. And he went through my portfolio, and I was breaking so many rules, like interrupting it, but like you know, smiling and doing it, whatever. And at one point, he actually said one thing for me to remove my, from my portfolio, and I was like, I listened to every bit of advice he gave me, except for one. He says you should remove this from my por- uh, for your portfolio. I'm like, oh, okay. Back of my head, I'm like, no. No, Neil, I'm not removing my design for Kevin Owens, now WWE champion. No, that's not leaving my portfolio today. <laughs> so that was the one bit of advice I did not listen to Neil with. Wow, you know it's funny. I used to the when I used to do a, a comic podcast with with a colleague of mine. He, um, you know, he's met Neil Adams a few times, and 
and it, and it's just hilarious because him and Neil Adams always end up like arguing about different things, and I'm like, yeah, Neil Adams is a is a is a kaji kaji guy, man. He gets he gets upset, you know. And it was funny because my um recently he was doing a a signing at a, at a local comic book store, and my buddy was like, listen, man, I want you know are you able to come with me? And I'm like, listen, I'm recording an interview for a different, for another podcast. I'm like, can my, you know, my wife chimes in and, you know, we just had a, a baby. So she's like, you know what? I'll go, I'll go. I'll bring the baby with me. And, um, I'm like, Oh no, this should be good. And I said it, I'm, I'm like, you're going to take this baby in a stroller and, you know, comic book fans as, as much as they try to be accepting, sometimes they can be real pricks, you know? And I said, I'm, you're going to try and get the stroller in this comic book store. And I will say it, for the record, New York comic con, on Sunday is hell day for me. Yeah. All those strollers. Yep. And and I said to myself, I'm like, I'm like, you know, you got to go in there and whatever. And I remember my buddy was like, listen, man, you know, you, you, you met him at Toy Fair. He was like, listen, you know, your daughter's going to get a picture with Neil Adams. I'm like, my daughter's five months old, but I get it. You know, like, yeah. So, so sure enough, I get a text message, like as I'm doing the interview and it's a picture of Neil Adams with my wife and my daughter. And I just, I just started laughing. And I said to myself, I can imagine the frustration of of like the dudes in line, like ah, right, this lady's with this kid, and blah blah blah. And that's the and that's the funny thing about like that you know comic fandom because it's like, hey man, like like there's there's bullies in the fandom. Like hey, they got picked on, but damn, they're bullies too now. It's it's insane, yeah. like how it evolves and and to see that and and like I said, I've met Neil Adams and I'm like, yeah, he's he's a kaji old guy. I met him at Big Apple Con. And I remember he had a booth downstairs and I'm like, Hey, Neil, blah, 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 you know, like your work. And he's like, thanks, you know, and, you know, a hand the size of a ha- of a canned ham and shook his hand and I kept it moving. You know, I'm like, all right, you know, you kind of just not a, you're not a morning person. And sometimes, you know, you let it slide, but he's always just like that. <laughs> so it's funny I, that you shared that story. I've actually interviewed Neil a number of times and there is, we actually have unreleased audio from big Apple con 2018 that we still haven't uploaded. With oh, Neil. geez. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be coming real soon. But Neil is one of my favorite people to interview in comics. Like he's just he's very opinionated. And I've wanted to see a Neil Adams podcast, like a straight up Neil Adams weekly, go on. And it that first off that has to happen. And I wanted to be the guy to propose it to him. But I'm always nervous. I'm like uh, Neil, how are you? <laughs> but you know, like the idea of uh, you know just sitting talking with that guy. Yeah, he's he's a very interesting cat. But like. The whole Adams family, uh, but you know they're very cool people, yep. you know. And again, Neil raised some good kids, and yeah, just that, you know. No, I, good I, dude. It, it's it, it's funny. My 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 buddy got into a whole big thing with him about Sauron, and um, oh jeez, yeah. And there was a whole big like like this was mind you, this is a a store Royal Collectibles. You might you might have heard of the store, and right. uh, and 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 you know they're in there, and he's like, hey, you know. Sauron, blah blah blah. My buddy's like, yeah, well, Sauron kind of sucks, and he's just like, ah, you know, he's all annoyed, you know, because he's trying to sell him on on Sauron and this and that, and he's like, look, man, you know, just because I like your work and this, but I think that character's bullshit, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, he's telling me the story, and I'm laughing, and it's like, well, you know, you got this giant vampire pterodactyl, <laughs> but but it's cool because he got he shared some interesting stories about why that was the case, you know, because you couldn't depict vampires and all this stuff, and it, and I learned something from that crazy exchange, you know, that he had uh, with Neil. So you know, if, if you're able to pull it off, man, and help him get a podcast, man, I, that, that that's a big feather in your cap. 
I know, but like, and by the way, Sauron is the one who's had a lot of uh, run-ins with the X-Men, correct? Yes, and uh, Savage Land. He's also heavy in the Savage Land. Sauron is my favorite character for his moment in Spider-Man and the X-Men, where he goes, I, w- uh, I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people into dinosaurs. <laughs> it's the, it is the most bonkers moment in comics history, but it's such a perfect line. And, and, and a character like that, it just it just doesn't surprise me, you know? And I think I think that's the funny part about like us talking about this stuff and going down this rabbit hole because we see like all this crazy stuff and we can all laugh about it. I did. That, I go ahead. Oh, that, that's the magic com- comics, man. Comics are fun. Comics are, they, they're like, you can unite so many people with, you know, just the basic subject of comics, like people of all, you know, colors, creeds, etc. just unite them together. It's, it's a magical thing. Like when you go to Comic-Con, there are so many different walks of life that go through that building. Yes. You know, and you can, you know, have like a really bad day, but you go in there and it's a little bit better. You're, you know, you're with your people talking about, you know, yeah, you had a bad day at work or yeah, you know, you're going through like a rough patch in life, but you get to sit back and, you know, talk to different people. Like, you know, there's uh, zap comics in, I believe Wayne, New Jersey. They're in yep. Jersey. I know that. And one of the people there, you know, uh, Ruben. Ruben is one of the coolest people I know. And I've known him for like a number of years. Every time I see him at Comic-Con, you know, or any show in the Tri-State area, you know, I'll run into him and just like talk to him, you know, for like a good 20, 30 minutes. And yeah, that could be, you know, time used for, you know, going off running to do an interview with somebody. But I get to see my friends at these things. And I get 100%. to talk to them about, you know, everything, comics, life, etc. So and I- yeah. I did. I did want to mention, and and I know that you were talking about recording your shows with, and and I want to bring that back into into the gear aspect of things. You you record your shows with Eddie sometimes in studio, but I also yeah. wanted to talk about you doing a lot of your work with with mobile gear. You know, how's it? What's your what's your mobile setup for a lot of this stuff? Because that's one thing. Doing mobile podcast interviews is sometimes incredibly taxing. But you guys pull it off incredibly well. So, so you know, what gear do you guys use for that? Well, it's, it's also the help of a great, you know, audio engineer. We have our audio engineer, John Sherburn, and he, the kid's phenomenal, like, at what he does. Like, he is, like, the doctor of – I was trying to go something creative with this. He, he's really good <laughs> at what he does. But, um, you know, and by the way, also check out his podcast, Nightcap. It is a one-man podcast, and – there are very few one-man podcasts that I will listen to. A lot of them just, you know, bleh. But the kid has a really bright future, and he actually makes a really engaging one-man show, and you should check it out, Nightcap. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so what we use on the road, um, so it's it's an evolution. You know, when we were doing Oddly Exquisite, we were using a Zoom H1. You know, those little, those little uh, thingies, like they're you know, very yep. cheap, but they're good for the sound quality for what they are. Then we upgraded to the H4N, and I got the H4N around the time the H4N Pro was coming out. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. That little gray period between that the two models. Like, I, I got mine, I think, like a month before it came out, and I'm like, oh, I could have just waited for this. Yep. Uh, crap. But then, you know, we were using that, and we were actually using these, I believe, these Shure microphones are of the PG series. They're like $30 mics. And we ended up upgrading eventually to the Shure SM58s, yep, which standard. are like, they're the Cadillac of, you know, microphones. They're incredible. And, you know, I've always heard people go on, you know, you should get Blue Yeti. You should do this. I'm like, they're not Shures, though. Shures are, they are sure fine. If, 
<laughs> I, I tried that one. But, um, you know, they, they're they really good microphones. And, they, they you know, the $100 price tag, it's a little, you know, intimidating. But when you get them, oh, boy, they, they're crystal clear. And they take and, a beating. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would, ne- like, I hate the people who do the, the mic drops because as someone, you know, you and you can relate. Dropping a microphone is the most frightening thing you can do. 100%. Watching that grill get dented, no, nope. but, no matter how many, no many, no matter how many protectors you put over it, it's like a dent can happen. Yeah, and you know, go, like I said, you know, with that, we I'm trying to figure out what else we use. Um, when we don't use the uh, thing as the uh, you know d- recording directly onto the card, we use Adobe Audition as our uh, program of choice. Uh, what else? Um, Who does the edits? You, you're a sound engineer. Do you do the edits too? So I used, I used to be the audio guy for the longest time. And then we ended up, you know, finding John and John has been our guy for a while. And again, he does such a great job cleaning the audio up. Sometimes what I do is, you know, we'll record directly into wave format. And I found a program uh, from the podcasting network, something podcasting communication network or whatever. I don't know, but it's called Levelator and it's available for Mac and uh, Mac yeah, Mac and uh, Windows. I always forget that one. Um, but it's a program, you know, you throw it in, and it levels everything out. You know, if, like, you're a little too low, it'll boost you back up. And it might sound a little staticky in some parts, but it's a good program, and it's free. Yep. So, I used I used Levelator for, for the first, I think, 10 years, and then I switched over to Alphonic, and I've been using Alphonic recently. Um, is Alphonic free? Alphonic is interesting because they have a web-based version that's free for up to two hours, but I ended up just paying for the desktop version because I edit a bunch of shows, not just my own. So the cost at that point kind of just becomes negligible. So I said to myself, you know what? I'll just buy the software. I think it's like 70 bucks. But I said, I'll pull the trigger on it because at the end of the day, you know, I'm editing, you know, five shows a week, six shows a week, you know, myself and all the shows for the guys on the network. And I'm like, let me just, let me just do that. And it turns out that, that it pays for itself. It definitely is interesting because it, it, um, the final product, you can export it at the, uh, broadcast stand, like podcast broadcast standard of 16 Luffs, which is like, you know, the, the sweet spot for audio. Yeah. So it, so it cleans it up really, really nicely. But, um, you know, in terms of free, like you can't beat Levelator. Like that's, you drop the file in and you're off to the races. Yeah. And like that, you know, doing the audio editing, like a lot of my stuff is like self learned, you know, 100%. Self-taught. And that was actually how, for a very brief time, I believe about six or so months, I was the audio producer for the Jericho Network's Keeping It 100 with Conan. And that was, that was a very interesting time. But, really? How, you know, how was, so? Uh, just like a lot of, you know, like I was doing a lot of stuff with Conan, like, you know, just direct emails with him. Wow. And, yeah. Like I, that was actually how I befriended uh, Disco Inferno, you know, and Kevin Gill, who used to be on the show at the time. And just a lot of, you know interesting things to be able to you know do that just talking with a lot of different people i might have gotten blocked by cult cabana because of a misunderstanding which oh geez that sucked after buying a i star of david cult shirt afterwards or right oh, beforehand, man a week before but that's a story for another day well um, i gotta i gotta ask this though and this is just for my own personal um for my for my own personal knowledge uh why savio vega <laughs> So, Savio, Savio is, was one of those names, like, when you just hear in pro wrestling, yep. it's such a cool name, but it's also like, what's a Savio Vega? Yep. You know? And I initially thought it was from 
a weekend trip for WrestleMania 29 with my friend TJ and I. But it wasn't. It turns out like I actually found an old post when TNA was doing the uh, very first Hogan episode and everyone was showing up and there was a hashtag going on at the time, like a joke hashtag, hashtag at the impact zone. Bob Barker at the hashtag at the impact zone, etc., etc. They just kept, you know, going with whatever. And I did one hashtag or Savio Vega hashtag at the impact zone. Because, <laughs> again, it's just such a silly name, but also a cool name. Yep. And then one day um, we were going to WrestleMania and I was just like, hey, TJ, you know, who's going to show up at WrestleMania tonight. Savio Vega. And just like every five seconds, I just, I beat that dead horse until it was blue. And, you know, it just kept happening over and over throughout that weekend. And, you know, it became an inside joke between my friends and I. And then I was posting at the time on Reddit Squared Circle. I still do from time to time. But, oh, God, you do that? Good. God uh, bless yeah. you. <laughs> so I used to go by the name of uh, Pete Nigma, which was a really, really awful name. It just didn't make sense. And, you know, it was supposed to be, I was like a mild Jeff Hardy fan at the time. So, you know, the charismatic enigma. Oh, well and played. That, that was where the name came from. And I was actually using it on different social media. I actually still use it on uh, I Check Movies. And, you know, just different things like that. I would, you know, reference that, et cetera, et cetera. And at one point, like, there were AMAs going on on Squared Circle. And I would, you know, just ask a question like, shoehorn in Savio Vega for some stupid reason. It was just like, <laughs> I, I forgot, like, do you think Savio Vega should have done this? What are your thoughts on Savio Vega? And I'm like, oh, man. it's okay. And then one day, I was just like, you know what? I'm really bored. I was unemployed at the time, and I'm just on Reddit. I'm like, I got nothing better to do. I'm just going to write, like, a soliloquy. <laughs> just like a like this gigantic wall of text. Oh, and man. just somehow tie it into Savio Vega losing to King of the Ring 1995 against Mabel. And so I'm like, you know, it got upvoted by a couple people and somebody actually responded. I forgot who it was. Oh, man. And then I did it again. Because, oh, again, it's Friday. I got no job. Screw it. So, you know, I did it again. And then I did it again. And I did it again. And I did it again. And actually, this is going over to the whole aspect of people affecting you, like, you know, criticizing. Right. The Internet is garbage. Squared Circle is a <laughs> fire pit yep. of a internet community about wrestling that's yep. the, the site where daniel bryan's getting buried because you know he's not in the main event of wrestlemania yet let the storyline play out kids that's it <laughs> he's gonna be in a triple threat match no he's not he's losing oh god you guys are stupid but um <laughs> so all that's going on and there was a group in there called squared circle jerk which is basically you know just making fun of everyone's posts and then i would come in i would make fun of my own posts i'd be like you know and then some long rambling bullshit about Savio Vega. And, like, I would get upvoted for it. Oh, my God. And then one day, someone just came in bitching about Savio Vega guy saying, he sucks, I hope he dies. Wow. Yeah. That Holy was, cow. Yeah. Just a lot. And his name was Christian Forgiveness, which is really ironic. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> legitimately. Because, like, it really messed me up for, like, you know, whatever. But I was doing the different AMAs, and I made a cameo in the Kurt Hawkins AMA. Nice. And Kurt responded. And I'll, I'll give you an example of a Savio Vega question. Let me see if I can piece one together. Um, I'll go with the Kurt Hawkins. Over the years, different wrestlers have had, you know, attires immortalized as wrestling action figures. And when you think about it, it's like a statue devoted to their career, this one moment in time, and they're forever in this style. Yep. 
you know, you have so-and-so with this outfit, so-and-so with this outfit, so-and-so with this outfit. And I would find different ways to make fun of uh, Sable. I would call her the inanimate carpet rod because she had no personality. <laughs> or I would, you know, make fun of uh, Dean Ambrose uh, losing his hair or Michael Hayes having a midlife crisis. I would just shoehorn those in. And then I would end it with, do you feel having an action figure would have benefited Savio Vega or was his career destined to uh, fly on wings of wax into the sun? Like, just bonkers gonzo stuff. That's phenomenal, man. Following his cataclysmic loss to Mabel at King of the Ring 1995. Man, I would have lost my mind just reading that just because it's so funny and so insane. And I think the best part is, like, like I, I would have probably interjected and been like, "Yeah, but if he would have had the attire, the Quang attire as a variant, you know, like people." I, would... <laughs> I, I even separated Savio into uh, four different eras: Savio Vega, nineteen ninety-five; Savio yep. Vega, nineteen ninety-six; Savio Vega, ninety-seven and ninety-eight. Ninety-eight is the worst one because Los Barricos they were okay, but you know, they it was no main event for Savio. Nope. And Nation of Domination, Savio, no one remembers that. Absolutely but, not. <laughs> but you know i would do all this stuff and again going over to the aspect of how people can affect you i ended up deleting my uh reddit account wow and it was weird because there was actually a topic going where did savio vega guy go holy he cow account and people were actually worried about my well-being and i'm just That's like insane it was the level of oh my god this community really loves people and Oh my god! I think people think I offed myself because I got you know negative comment. I'm like, no, that's I was scary. Affected by it, but wow, guys, thanks. I think it's weird, man, because it's like it's like when you look at this stuff as, as a content creator, it's like sometimes the internet can be a very welcoming, and they can do amazing things. And sometimes you're just like, wow, you guys, you guys yeah. really just just shiv that person, you know, like that person just yeah. bleeding on the side of the road because it's the you know with Reddit especially, it's the anonymity of all. Oh yeah, and I remember I ended up making another account i was eobod prawn instead of Thrawn, like on uh, flash i deleted that account and i i whenever someone would make a comment about like i was still getting comments made about me in other threads and i would just comment back with my dummy accounts going huh <laughs> like little things like you know very subtle like yeah i miss that guy too and i would include a little wink at the end that's and then i would just delete the comment like, no no don't do it <laughs> that's hilarious and then I ended up saying, you know, you know what? I'll be Savio Vega guy. I made the Savio Vega guy account, and I've been using that for like a number of years now. And yeah. it actually led to me getting Savio Vega to like he he ended up following me on Twitter. That's what I was about to ask. <laughs> That's what I was about to ask. I mean, you, you know that 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 right there is is the is the the icing on the cake, man. It's like you know all this stuff. I'm like, please tell me it ends. With with you and Savio Vega being connected somehow, I'm glad that that was indeed the payoff, my friend. We were exchanging, like, I ended up helping set up a AMA, and the funniest thing was this. When the AMA got announced, they're like, he's going to ask a question. You know, he's, he's got to ask the question. I ended up writing this. I prepared a question a day in advance. <laughs> <laughs> well played. And it was a long, rambling thing of bullshit, and I'm just like, you know what? Let's just throw it out there. And the question gets posted, and not even a second passes. It got five upvotes. I'm like, what the hell? Then I like leave for 20 minutes. 1,000 upvotes. I'm like, oh my god. Oh jeez. So it like it got a great reaction, but like that's again that's the magic of you know the internet and just doing stuff. And I've befriended a lot of people. Like I would make a reference to uh, Savio Vega on like a random wrestling Facebook page. And somebody goes, is this Savio Vega guy? Oh, my God. 
And I've befriended people through Facebook because of that. Like there's, you know, my friend uh, Christopher Huffman, who does stuff for uh, Spot Monkey Design. And, you know, he's actually training to be a pro wrestler right now. And it's kind of cool to see that. But it's like all like all these little paths we've made. And, yeah, it's it's a cool it's a cool community. I I had to ask, man, because it's like, you know, I've been we've been friends digitally for so long. And I'm like, you know, and and I'm and I'm Puerto Rican. So I'm like, yeah, I know Savio Vega. And I'm like, nobody can can be as into this, this this wrestler and i'm like there has to be like a story there and that's why i had to ask wrestlemania when they were in uh new orleans that one year I th- that was the year of daniel bryan apparently some guy was wearing a savio vega shirt and being a real dick to everybody and people actually thought that was me i'm like no i've oh, never man. i've never been to new orleans nor would i decide to but no i didn't go for that and it was funny like people questioning like that guy was a dick was that you I'm like no it wasn't i swear to you <laughs> That's tremendous how it comes full circle. I did want to mention also, man, uh, kudos on, on, on the Rob Van Dam interview. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. And, uh, Rob, yeah, Rob was one of like, um, we might be doing something with him at WrestleCon. Like, awesome. so stay tuned with that. Awesome. But I'm a big Rob fan. Rob like one of my all time favorites growing up. Like, I've been very fortunate. I've been able to interview three of my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. And one of them might be in the works right now. I'm not going to say who it is. Nice. But he would be doing it, you know, a marvelous appearance. And then the other one that I'd love to get, but he really doesn't do podcasts, Tommy Dreamer. And yeah, you know, um, trying to think what else. Like I've done an interview with Mick Foley. I've done, let's see, because a lot of these guys, when you approach them for interviews too, it can be a very slippery slope. Yep. You know, going over to, you know, the guys that, you know, with the interviews, you know, you get them for a topic like Mark, Mark Ruffalo, you know, had him on. And yeah, you know, of course we're going to talk about Marvel. Of course. But there are other people like Mick Foley. Mick was approached by us to not do an interview about pro wrestling because I would imagine every day is Groundhog Day for him having to talk about the Hell in a Cell. Uh, Absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure he wants to talk about Santa Claus and all his other projects and his books and... You know, we his had family him on audibly exquisite talking about Adam West era Batman. Well, that's a hell of a uh, that's a hell of a difference. Yeah. And because I, I know he's a big Adam West fan, like in Foley is good. He talks about, you know, meeting Adam West and having the signed print and everything. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Nice. And I sent him a you know message on Twitter. I said, hey, would you want to do our show? He's like, yeah, sure. And he followed us back and I screamed like a little woman. And, <laughs> you know, that that moment happening. You know, he said to me afterwards, like, he's like, yeah, you know, you approaching me with that as opposed to the same stuff I hear every single time. Yeah, I was happy to do that. That It's funny because I am um, for one of our one of the shows on the network is a wrestling podcast. And I went on LinkedIn and I, and I figure you'll appreciate this. I sent a LinkedIn message for an interview request to primetime Elix Skipper. Wow, that's a name I haven't heard. <laughs> How's that, man? And it, you know, because because a lot of the guys that that have shows on the network, you know, I'll I'll try and get them guests or do stuff, you know, just to to build their brand and build ours respectively. And I said, you know, it was like he showed up one day and like people you should connect with. And I'm looking at, him, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm like, oh my god, it's it's uh, it's really him, like because it's like, but my the the LinkedIn request was like Chris Masters, I think, because I emailed him once for something years ago. And it just popped up in LinkedIn. And then it's like, oh, you may also want to connect with it. I'm like, oh, my God. So I reached out. He never read the message. So I don't know how often he checks LinkedIn. But I said, man, that'd be pretty cool to just talk to the primetime Elix Skipper. You know, like he has like a regular job. Like, it's pretty crazy. All right. So we're going to jump into um, the hot seat. A nice series of rapid fire questions. You got to just come off the cuff, share 
what comes to mind, and then we'll take it from there. Sounds good. All right. So um, what's your mobile device right now currently? I'm using an iPhone uh, uh, XS Max. Uh, how do you like it? It's big. <laughs> yeah, I, I, as as an eight plus user, I've been debating making the jump to that or just getting the regular smaller one, just cause I I, I went for this because of the storage, because like you know it was a little bit more affordable and all that. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go with this. Okay, because I I have a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of you know music. I, my Spotify account is massive right now. Well, that, that, so. that that's that that's a great segue into into the next question. When you turn on your phone or when you unlock your phone, what are the first What's the first app you go to to start your day? Facebook. Okay. It's like the go-to, just quick, you know, see the notifications. Did I piss somebody off today? Um, you know, which uh, which uh, shit-posting thread have I, you know, got like 9,000 notifications for <laughs> so I can turn those off? Oh, man. You know, what is today? There you go. Um, do you rely solely on your phone or do you use uh, a laptop or a desktop also? I alternate between uh, my phone and my Mac, uh, MacBook. Nice. What's one website you visit frequently? Besides Facebook, uh, Reddit. Okay, it's a good. It's for the uh, Marvel Studios subreddit. It is such a great, you know, section of the internet to help you know find out the news going on or find out you know like you know the dankest maymays and all that. Like I, <laughs> I love uh, I, as much as they don't like the Marvelists. I like r slash uh, comic books. They it's a really cool community and you know when the, when they're not downvoting my posts immediately after you know me uploading them. They're pretty cool. <laughs> nice. All right. Now, um, what's your favorite piece of tech besides your phone or your computer? My uh, Zoom H6. That thing is a godsend for me. Like, Hell yeah. When we're on the road recording, it makes you know crystal clear audio. We actually did an episode of The Marvelists at, uh, what's it called, uh, Toy Fair with Jason Hilton of Pop Rocks over in Rochester. And... I was actually listening to a little bit of the audio, and it's so damn clear. We didn't even need to plug mics into the XLR. It's just recording with the top part. Oh, that's tremendous. I actually bought, use an H6 for the uh, the backup recordings for our for our shows. It's, a, it's an amazing piece of tech, and I used it to do a remote interview not that long ago. It's, it's, it's a great rig. They're the best. Um, Zoom makes phenomenal uh, electronics. Oh, yeah. All their stuff is top-notch. The... Um, you were mentioning your Spotify account. Obviously, you have music playing in the background when, while you work. What's playing? Lately, it's been a lot of the uh, Umbrella Academy soundtrack. I'm, it's because the movie is my favorite comic movie of all time. Into the Spider-Verse has been having a heavy resurgence of rotation lately. Yep. And, you know, I, I'm trash. I do listen to Post Malone. Um, and let's see what else. AJR, I like a lot of their stuff lately. And then just a lot of like AM gold stuff, you know, just with the Guardians connection. Like there's a lot of stuff like that being, you know, repeatedly played. Nice. Um, you know, as a as a comic book fan, obviously gotta gotta ask, um, what are you reading currently besides the uh the Batman? So I'm reading Tom King Batman. I'm on and off. I'm reading some uh Captain Marvel because Comicsology's been having a lot of like sales on stuff, so I'm like grabbing as much as I can. I'm because I have a Comicsology Unlimited or yeah, I think it's unlimited. Yep. Uh, that account I've been using. Um, I love it. I've been putting a lot of like uh, Quantum and Woody, like a lot of Valiant stuff, and I'm wanting to go into Valiant 2012 onward because Valiant is one of the most underrated com uh, comic companies out there. Today. Agreed. And I'm actually they, reading they, Quantum and Woody too, so it's funny you mentioned that. Quantum and Woody is like I've been wanting to like read everything, so from Cre uh, Priest onward because I want to read my buddy Daniel Kibblesmith stuff 
because when when I interviewed him, I had no idea he did Quantum and Woody. I'm like, wait a minute, you did Quantum and Woody? And you hear that during the interview with him. I'm like, wait a minute, you, you did those? I love Quantum and Woody. I'm going to buy those. So I went through Comixology and read all of Invincible because everybody's been oh. talking to me about Invincible. And I said, let me see what the big deal was. And initially, I wasn't digging the art because it felt very like uh, Futurama-ish. Yeah, but At, once Otley comes along. Oh, man, once the artwork just kicks, I'm like, wow, this is intense. I didn't. I actually did not know Invincible's on uh, Comixology Unlimited, so yep, I think it, I know what I'm going to be getting next. Yeah, it, it, I think it's up to, I want to say it's about six, six trades, I think. Right on. Six or seven, but it, it was it was so good. Um, the... Uh, what, well, besides those two, what else are? Let's see. Um, let me. Let me. I actually have my iPad near me, so at least the stuff like that that I'm reading. I've been reading Cerebus uh, on and off uh, because of Fantastic February. There's been a lot of Fantastic Four entering my uh, okay reading habits. So, like uh, last year when Marvel was having their big sale, like they the end of year sale, which my I loved so much, but my wallet hated was the um, Epic collections, like being discounted super cheap. Yep. I'm, I'm currently going to be I'm going to be reading uh, some Don McGregor stuff for a future project. Not going to say what it is, but you know. So I've been reading like his run on Black Panther, you know, Jungle Action and uh, Kill Raven with Amazing Adventures. Let's see. And for a future interview, because we're going to be interviewing um, Tony Isabella, uh, I'm looking into reading Supervillain Team Up, and I'm going to probably grab that on uh, Marvel Unlimited to make it easier for me well that that was my, my next question obviously you're using comiXology are you, are you are you reading now exclusively digital uh, I, do, I do a mixture of both like okay when for example in new york city when st mark's comics was closing r.i.p the uh the sale there i was leaving with like some you know i left with a, a thing cross or a thing uh paperback and yeah it was i think it was i think i left with that yeah it was the Thing Freak Show by Jeff Johns, or as he was hilariously called it to me recently, Geoff Johns. Um, <laughs> I've heard that more than once, my friend. I, I love that. I think that's genius, just how bad that mispronunciation is. And, of, of course, I've been reading a lot of uh, Green Lantern by uh, Geoff. Geoff's work is uh, fantastic. Yeah, I love I loved the, uh, I loved all the, uh, the Ethan Van Skyver uh, Green, Green Lantern stuff. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it's really cool-looking art. Yep, love that. Um, obviously, you know, we got to talk a little bit about toys. Uh, what was your favorite toy growing up? I have to go with, there was this, uh, Tiger Electronics, uh, toy. It was like a, it was like a Teddy Ruxpin, but it was a robot. I forgot what it was, XLR or something. It was, it had an X in the name, but I don't remember offhand what it is right now, but like you could put, you know, things in there, like a cassette tape Yep. and it was trivia. It was trivia games and stuff like that. I loved that as a kid. Um, trying to think the power of the force was like a major staple of my childhood and when i go to cons and i see you know the green lightsaber card back oh so many warm fuzzy memories <laughs> and you know like it, it's funny because yeah you have you know luke skywalker looking like you know he's gonna be carrying around a gallon of water you know going hey bro how much you lift but you know it's it's still cool to see that stuff and that brings back a lot of warm fuzzy memories and if i had, if i had to pick a favorite it's the Luke in the uh, Stormtrooper outfit where you, you know, have the removable helmet that I immediately lost as a kid. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, you got that. So obviously you were collecting some, you know, some great stuff when you were a kid. What are you collecting nowadays? Right now I've entered the uh, world of bootleg uh, Lego minifigures. There's a lot of like the people who make these figures 
are absolutely insane with who they 3D print and what they 3D print. Like, I've, you know, seen Moon Knight, and I had, like, that was the first example of, like, oh, my God, they really are doing everybody. I, you know, got, like, a Stan Lee. I got, what's his name? Spawn. And it's, like, it's, you know, it's not just limited to Marvel. It's not just limited to Image, although, like, that's literally the only Image one I've ever seen. Maybe they have a Walking Dead one or two. I don't know. But I don't really care for the Walking Dead that much, except the comic. And the comic is, at best. But I digress. Yeah, like, Lego minifigures are, like, a big thing for me. Like, I have, you know, the 1966 Adam West era Batman. They're friggin' cool, you know? Nice. And... I get to say, you know, I have a Vincent Price uh, Lego minifigure of him as Eggman. Like, oh man, I, you know, there's like they, I, I think that was an official one, but it's like they pull some deep cuts for the uh, bootlegs. And like my favorite thing, my actually my favorite one that I own is Peter from Deadpool Two. Oh man, he, he's got the jet. Like it's literally the body is just the Stan Lee Lego minifig, but it's got the mustache, it's got the hair, and I'm like, this, this is perfect. That's fantastic. Um, obviously, you were you were at Toy Fair recently. We actually got to meet face to face there. Um, favorite favorite thing you saw at Toy Fair? I would have to go with uh, that realist. That it was, I think, at uh, Entertainment Earth or uh, Diamond Direct. It was the Infinity Gauntlet from the movie, and it was yes. screen accurate. That thing was like a work of art, and I wanted that. But I'm like, one, where am I going to put this thing next to my uh, the Infinity Gauntlet I already have, and two. No, no, it's too much, Mr. Peter, no. <laughs> nice. Um, what's something that you've purchased that's less than $100 that's made your life easier or just more enjoyable? Um, less than $100? Well, we'll go with ninety nine ninety nine. I would yep. have to go with... Uh, actually, no. Um, right now, for, just for the show, I'd have to go with like a you know basic 32-gig memory card for my uh, Zoom because it, it's helped things out and made things a lot easier. Nice. And, right. you know, just be able to have a lot more audio content saved onto a thing and then immediately just transfer it over. It, it, it's kind of like a, you know, a, that's a that's a real rapid fire. I didn't even think of something like that. Wow. Um, what's a property um, from what any comic company of your choice you'd like to see adapted to the big screen? Moon Knight. Nice. Moon Knight needs to be. And this this is the thing. When Moon Knight happens, you're going to hear a lot of fanboys saying, Oh, he's just a Batman ripoff. I don't care. Yep. I want Moon Knight. I'm Looney for Moon. And when I, if you release him as a character, make him the Warren Ellis version of him wearing the suit, Mister Knight. Mm-hmm. And okay, I I have a prediction right now. I think Phase Four for the MCU is either going to be street level heroes because that's why we got every, uh, all the Netflix series or series uh, Thanos snapped. And I also feel like Phase Four is four for a reason. And I think it's pretty fantastic uh-huh. to catch my drift. I, 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 I'm definitely with you there. I've always felt, and I said this in, in, in a post recently, I said um, that Marvel should just take, you know, all, all the quote-unquote the R-rated, the harder stuff, and they should just create Marvel Knights Studios. and I'm just. Sure. Well, they, they and, did it in with uh, Punisher Warzone, but then that just like, yep. kind of fizzled out. Yep, and just have that and just have, you know, Deadpool is in there all of those characters and that way they're just you don't have to worry about oh you know the family the family crowd's going to get caught up nope marvel night studios does all of our edgier stuff that's it I'd, li- I'd like to see that um if you could have dinner with someone dead or alive who would it be what would you have and what would you talk about andy kaufman pro wrestling and what would we have chicken and waffles nice 
That's a that that is you, you know you really threw me for a curveball because I said maybe he'll say Stanley. I'm in, I'm truly impressed, man. Nice Andy Kaufman reference. It's a long rambling thing, and maybe another time I'll talk about it. But I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for Andy Kaufman. That's all I'll say. All right, fair enough. And last but not least, uh, twenty twenty. Where do you see the Marvelists? Hopefully getting some uh, other names from the uh, MCU, like, you know, doing interviews with us. One of the things, like, I've said it, the heart and soul of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not Robert Downey Jr. As much as people believe, it's Chris Evans. And I want to sit and talk with him. Nice. That's that's a hell of a way to say That's a hell of a way to close that out. Um, last but not least, uh, we like to do Reach One, Teach One. Um, you know, you have such a such an incredible story, such a diverse background. Um, for someone that decides to wake up tomorrow and says, hey, I want to do a uh, podcast about comics or I want to get into the medium of covering comic books or even want to get into graphic design, given that you're also a graphic designer, what's one piece of actionable advice you'd give that person? Be passionate about what you do. If you're not passionate, you have no business doing the thing. And when you're passionate about it, people actually see you care. And I've had conversations with complete strangers about this stuff and you know they see the passion they're like wow you really like what you're talking about yeah you know because i'm having fun talking about it yep. and you just you know show that passion exude that passion be happy doing what you do all right and i the, think the uh the one little mantra i live by is you know something that the wrestler adam pierce said work hard treat people fairly earn respect I, that's I, simple that's to the point i i think that's a great way to close to close that out um where can people find you and keep up with your work so people can find me on facebook facebook.com slash peter melnick podcaster you can also find the marvelous facebook.com slash the marvelous you can find us on the twitter machine at the marvelous uh, at the marvelous there we go you can also find myself on twitter at peter melnick you can find myself on instagram at peter melnick and you can find the marvelous on twitter uh, wow you can also find the marvelous on instagram at the Marvelists, and be sure to drop, you know, give Eddie a follow as well at Eddie9193 on Instagram. And yeah, you can also find us on all your podcast listening devices iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. I think I said that already. Yep. Podbean, et cetera, et cetera. They're all there. Awesome. Peter, thank you for taking the time to share the toys and tech of your trade. Thank you. All right, that wraps up our interview with Peter Melnick from The Marvelous. We're going to make sure to link to The Marvelous and all of their social media accounts as well as Peter's, plus all of the stuff we talked about in this episode. As always, full disclosure, some of those items may contain affiliate links, which if you're not aware what an affiliate link is, it is a link to a product which if you purchase, we receive a small commission. It doesn't impact the price of the product or anything. It's just if you purchase it through our link, we'll receive a small commission, which will allow us to obviously improve the show, improve the gear in studio, and just give you guys the best experience possible, not only for our podcast, but also for our website and for everything else. As always, if you enjoyed the shows, please take a moment and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, any of the podcast platforms of your choosing. Every review helps. Like I've always said, a little social clout goes a long way, and any positive reviews we have will allow us to go after some of those other hard to get guests and show them hey you know people actually like what we do here so please stop by our show and you guys will really enjoy it so again take a moment rate the show we would really appreciate it 
obviously five star reviews are awesome but there's no there's no hard sell here folks you rate us what you think we deserve and if you want to write a little blurb and share your thoughts on the podcast that would be really really appreciated and we may even start reading those on air as well so if you want to get your your voice heard out there share a review um, and we'll try and also share those on air for future episodes as a reminder as always toys and tech of the trade is released bi-weekly on tuesdays so we will probably be back to that schedule starting with this episode and um, if anything changes of course we will update you on social media so make sure that you follow rageworks on instagram twitter facebook etc if you want to engage with myself and any of the other uh listeners and hosts of the rageworks podcast network you can join our rageworks facebook group links to that will be in the show notes as well as a reminder if you are on youtube and you subscribe to rageworks we do post a youtube version of this episode there for those of you that are able to access youtube at work and want to sit down and enjoy the podcast there as well as always thank you guys for your continued support and checking out this episode of toys and tech of the trade We'll see you guys in two weeks. Peace. Is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. 
Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Behind every company, there's a time-tested engine keeping it moving. After earning his master's in accounting degree online from Grand Canyon University, Isaac's helping drive his client's business forward by identifying efficiencies and building business models. He's become a core team member, keeping clients on budget and ensuring their success. What do you think accounting careers look like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.